You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of No Credentials Required. As always, we are powered by Belly Up Sports, part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And with me tonight is a man who received many gifts on the, during the Christmas holiday. We got Corey Mansfield. He's back this week. Corey, how are we doing tonight? Good. Hey, you know, Ryan, my Christmas list hasn't changed since 1989. You know that, right? <laughs> what? Uh, tell me, what's your Christmas Same list? Same exact thing. So Little Shoes phone my number? My Christmas list consists of... Allie Mills' phone number. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it consists of uh, sports cards, uh, Funkos, and uh, sports apparel. So same thing since 1989 hasn't changed. So, And did you receive any of those things this Christmas? I did. I received all of them. And my I have to give kudos to my wife. Right now, there is a severe shortage on sports cards uh, just because of the oh. sports card boom. 
and she was able to find some like surprisingly uh, locally um, at a retail store, which I would have never thought would carry them. And they had them. Nice. So, so, but it was very nice of her to do that. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas holiday. Um, you too, Ryan. Even with all the madness, even with all the madness going on in the world, there's some good things that are that. So there's some good things like Christmas and New Year. So and eggnog. We still have to do the eggnog thing. I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> we, we still need to some. We need to get some duck donuts and do a video with eggnog and Invader coffee. So we got to do that sometime. Well, it's hopefully gr- soon. Yeah, it's it's great though that that uh, some of the, uh, the local stores do carry eggnog year round. Specifically, one of the convenience stores. So. You can always gear. Yeah, I mean, have you tried the maple milk by Stewart's? Well, I you just maple flavored the, milk. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I think they got rid of it. I think they have a different one now. No, but they brought it back. Did they? So yeah. I, I was actually telling somebody about this back in, I would say 1998, 99, maybe a little before that. Hannaford had a uh, orange milk which tasted like liquid creamsicle, but it had the consistency of eggnog. So That's it was weird. It, it was, it was, it was, and it was 99 cents for a quart. So when I, and you're talking when I was in high school and going into college and, you know, I'd be at Hannaford and I would pick up like three of those and they were just unreal. It was like liquid, like crickets, like liquid creamsicle. It was, it was unbelievable, but yeah. So well, I'm still waiting for cereal milk to come out. Cereal flavored milk. I saw it today. What? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It comes in a, in a pint. Or uh, I saw a, I didn't see it. At, I saw it at a convenience store. I didn't see it at a grocery. Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk. Wow, I meant to and get I, my hands on that. <laughs> don't don't judge people because I I will probably no. use cinnamon toast cinnamon toast crunch milk with cinnamon toast crunch. That's like. Cerealception, right there. Know, <laughs> you might yeah. be sent to another world if you if you eat one bite. <laughs> All right, so we got some we got some things in the docket to talk about tonight. Uh, we're gonna start with the NHL. Uh, as of recording, it's Tuesday night at seven twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I call it, God's time, and we are a handful of hours away from opening face-off. I thought this day would never come. I'm excited. NHL tomorrow uh, officially starts with the with the with the funkiest season that's probably ever taken place, Corey. So let's talk about the NHL. Let's talk about our respective teams. So you're an Islanders fan. I'm a New Jersey New York. You're a New York Islanders fan. I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. What what kind of expectations do you have for your team this this year? Well, the big thing for them was they re-signed Barzell uh, to three year deal. I mean, he's obviously one of their best players. And what I'm interested in seeing is Ilias Rokin um, play goal for the Islanders. I mean, yeah. they Thomas Grice went to Detroit. Uh, you have Simeon Varlamov, who, um, you know, was 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 really good for them last year, especially down the stretch. I mean, he had one, I think one bad game in the playoffs, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how Ilias Rokin kind of fits in with the team, um, how he adjusts to the NHL, and I do think him being a a Russian born goalie. With another Russian-born goalie, I think it's going to help them. I think he's going to be able to learn a lot, and it's 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 going to be interesting because now you know with the playoffs and every how the playoffs are going to be set up. I mean, there is a good chance you could see the Islanders and Rangers in the playoff series, and 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 there's a, I think there's an 
uh, one of the press outlets put it out, but they said this could this be the next like era or this be the era of goalies in the NH of uh, New York City with uh, you know you have Ilya Sorokin, Igor Shesterkin, and like is this going to be this battle of these two goalies going back and forth? So I'm really looking forward to seeing it this year. Well, don't forget to throw in McKinley Blackwood in the mix because New Jersey yeah, is part I, of that metro area. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that too. Yeah, and, and I. And, and Mackenzie Blackwood is uh, – I remember um, actually being at the Adirondack Thunder game when he was on loan to them. Uh, I think it was like 2016. Um, and he didn't – he played a couple games, but I remember being behind the scenes in the locker room or uh, in that area, and he was back there. And he seemed like a really nice guy. So hopefully yeah. he has a good season for them. So Yeah. So former, former Adirondack Thunder and Albany Devil goaltender. Mackenzie Blackwood. See, I've I've met the guy yeah. I, as a former as the former team chaplain of the Albany Devils. I can confirm Mackenzie Blackwood is one of the nicest dudes in the in in, in a locker room. I yeah. mean, any pretty much any hockey player you meet, they're super nice. Like they're nothing like they are on the ice. And it's a, it's and, so and you know, and I'm not I'm not trying to th- I'm not trying to throw people under the bus here or talk negative, but I feel like hockey players tend to be a little more accessible and a little more compassionate and understanding of their fan base than let's say uh, maybe football or um, basketball players. And I'm not saying like arena football, because we all both know from our experience, arena football players are great. Oh, they're the best. From when you get to that, you know, the higher end of, you know, college football or in the NFL, it's tough for some of these places, players to be accessible. And um, so, but yeah, hockey players are pretty fun to talk to. We've had, you know, we've had Matt, Matt Martin from UMass on here and, Mm-hmm. Great guy to talk to. And actually, they're moving up the rankings now. I think they're number six in the nation right now. But Nice. Yeah. Talking about the NHL season, I, I have moderate to low expectations for my New Jersey Devils. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're this this team is super young. Uh, and they have a handful of veterans in the team like Cal Palmieri and, and uh, P.K. Sub- PK Subban. Uh, not, who's, who, ladies, he's not single. Not single and available uh, after his most publicized breakup with Lindsey Vaughn. I think that might have been a little bit of a distraction over the past couple of seasons. But I, 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 you know, I mean, they have a little bit of veteran presence, but they got a lot of youth, and that's going to be—it's going to be an interesting year in New Jersey because it could be one of two things, and especially with Lindy Ruff now as the head coach of the team, uh, they're going to be predicated on speed. It's going to be speed, 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 fast, fast, fast. It's just gonna be very quick. They're gonna be a very quick team. They're gonna be try to get a lot of lot of scoring chance. They're gonna try to get a lot of scoring chances. They're gonna need some. They're gonna need the defense to be to be rock solid in the back end on the blue line. Uh, with Corey Crawford retiring uh, ten days, uh, a week into camp, that put a bit of a damper on the Devils in, in terms of him being kind of a bridge uh, to Mackenzie Blackwood development. But now Blackwood's gonna have that uh, have that way down his shoulders again and we're kind of unsure as to who is going to be this his backup i know the doubles uh they 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 picked up evan comrie uh as a uh, off waivers from i think winnipeg this afternoon because yesterday was lit waiver day and uh drop down day so we gotta send a bunch of guys from the ta- or, or taxi squad day so you, know, you gotta send a bunch of guys to the ahl and it starts next month uh but but you know, I mean, there's not a lot of goaltender depth in New Jersey. I mean, you got you got Blackwood, you got Comrie, you got Scott Wedgwood, who was also another former former Albany Devil uh, and, and Stanley Cup winner. 
<laughs> so, uh, but you also got like, a bunch of guys in, in the youth and who are going to be playing in Binghamton, like Evan Cormier and uh, Gilles Sen, uh, the Swiss goaltender. He he came on pretty, you know, he came on pretty pretty quickly in the in, in Binghamton last year. Uh, they were on their way to to try to make a, to make the Calder Cup playoffs before the season stopped. So, I have moderate to low expectations for the Devils this year. I mean, if, if goaltending gets Catches fire quickly. Um, no pun intended because it's the Devils. Uh, but goaltending gets hot early. They steal a couple wins against teams like Boston or Washington or Philadelphia, who I, I'm I'm pretty high on myself to make the Cup final this year. I, I think the Devils might be able to sneak in as a four, but but that that, that East Division is really tough. I was just looking at that right now. I mean, top to bottom, I mean, there's not a better division in the league. I mean, when you're talking about the weakest team in that division, possibly being Buffalo, who just picked up Taylor Hall, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, you're – what they say? You're going to have Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin playing eight times this year against each other, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, everybody plays eight times against each other this year. It's crazy. I mean, you're going to have the Islanders and the Rangers fighting like 100 times like this year. There's going to be fights like every day. I mean, it, you're looking at these divisions and you're just you're drooling because, you know, you look, let's just we'll look at the north. OK, you're going to have Montreal and Toronto, original six teams, eight times. Who doesn't love that? I mean, that's that's like the Yankees, and the Red Sox playing. Um, and then, you know, you look at, you know, teams like uh, um, like, a, like like Detroit playing Columbus or, or Detroit playing Chicago eight times. Uh, I mean, th- that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, uh, th- yep. this these divisions. And I mean, I know logistically they're probably not the best thing going forward down the road after this season, but it's going to be fun to watch these teams play. I mean, and and I'm excited. So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if this is truly going to be a one off. Like, I know that the division alignment had to be done because of COVID, um, because of border restrictions. Uh, you couldn't travel between the borders, uh, the border being closed indefinitely until this whole thing is over between either the the disease, the disease running, the, the disease running its course or people getting vaccinated. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird year, but I think if, if all things go according to plan, uh, could do you think, do you see this alignment being, per, being, being permanent? I don't, but I mean, it, it would be nice to. I mean, it really would. I, I, you know how I how I feel about geographic rivalries. I think geographic rivalries are what grow sports. It was it's what makes sports interesting. You look at there, there's there, you look at the rivals in sports. There's no rival. You don't have the New York Mets aren't rivals with the San Francisco Giants. This is not how it is. Right. The Mets are, you know, the Mets, you know, don't really have kind of a geographic rival. I mean, it could be the Yankees. In, in baseball, but you're looking at like having the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Canadians. I mean, that just gets me drooling because it's such a historic matchup. Two of the greatest organizations in hockey history that are going to play each other. And by the way, both of them haven't had much success recently. So it's going to be fun to see if these teams can start to grow. And that's going to be a fun division. There's some talent in that division too. Oh, there's plenty of talent in that division. I I think I wrote the uh, North Division preview for BellyUpSports.com. Uh, uh, go and chat right now, shameless plug. But uh, that division is going to be fun to watch. the The thing is, they they're the only division that has to travel across three time zones. So you got Vancouver coming across the East uh, for a couple games here and there. Uh, same thing with Montreal and Toronto and Ottawa. They have to travel out west. Um, 
I think the most interest the, the the most fascinating matchup uh, the rivalry it's really starting to to pick up steam is Calgary Winnipeg especially since they played each other in the Stanley Cup qualifier they had that whole controversy with Matthew Kachuk and Mar- Mark Scheifele uh, yeah. uh you know with him allegedly tearing his knee up but that rivalry is going to be picking up as long along with uh, Edmonton too but that division is going to be fun to watch I mean it's going to be the most it's, it's going to be the most brutal in terms of scheduling because there's so much travel across again all three time zones. Uh, same with the West, because I mean you have only two time zones to worry about because you have some central teams in there uh, having to travel out west to to California. That's gonna be a fun division. Central's gonna be kind of a dark horse with Carolina and Chicago. Uh, um, unfortunately, Jonathan Taves won't be playing this year because of a uh, because of a, a some sort of condition, an un- unspecified condition that has affected his affected his his uh, his energy level, uh, but. Overall, hockey's going to be a fun watch, and it's only for fifty-six games. So every game, every game that's played is is, is important. It's just as important as the last one. And you know, the Islanders start out with they get they, in three days. They get the Rangers twice, both at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I, so the I Devils mean, play the, the Devils play the Rangers four times in April, four games in a row. They have and they have and they're and they're book and they're sandwiched in. So they're playing at MSG. Then they played two games at the Rock, and then one game again at MSG. So it's 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 crazy. The schedule is crazy, but it's going to be so much fun. So I want to ask you, Corey, because I haven't gotten your opinion on this. So th- th- there's the whole controversy over the ads on the helmets. Do you do you care about the? Is that a big deal to you? No, because you can't see them. Okay. That was short and sweet. <laughs> When, when you're when you're when you're when you're in if you're if you're watching on a TV you can't see it, and I mean when they do close-ups you can see it, but you're not when you're not looking at the helmet reading the advertisement. Let them do it, make some revenue. You know, it, obviously it's it's going to help them um, recoup some of the money they lost last year with the pandemic. So I think it's fine. I, I just I think the NBA doing it too. I just don't want to see you know Samsung on the front of the Islanders uniform or Nokia because Nokia is on Long Island, I think, and. Uh, I just don't want to. That's something I don't want to see. I, the helmet's fine, you know. Yeah, I mean, and you have, you have ads on the boards and on the ice anyway. So I mean, all these traditionalists. I, I saw one rabbit hole that somebody went deep into. This. They say, you know, it start, you know, with the with the players' uniforms. It starts with the helmet. Then you put it on the leg. Then you put it on the socks. Then you put it on the pants. And then you put it on the jersey. And all of a sudden, you just see nothing but ads. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, you're going down a, a really big rabbit hole that I just. I can't seem to follow, and I think you're a little bit paranoid. Yeah, yeah. But that's Twitter for you. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the college football championship. The college football playoff, the championship was played last night. And as expected, Alabama came through with a big victory. And I got a chance to listen to the game and just listen on the ESPN, uh, ESPN broadcast. And Ohio State, to their credit, they had they kept – they kept the Crimson Tide at you know kept up with the Crimson Tide for a while. Then at, towards the end of the first half, they, they're driving, they're going to tie the score. They can't do it. They get a field goal, and it was just over from there. I actually got the chance to. I I couldn't stay up that late to watch it. I watched it today, um, and I watched on the uh, SEC network, which was great because they had the radio feed on there. And the uh, Alabama uh, radio guy Eli Gold is—he's gold. He really—he's awesome. Um, but it was when 
when uh, Alabama, that second half, they were methodical on how they – I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, he just had a game plan in place and just executed in that second half. And, I mean, Mac Jones deserves – you know, even though he wasn't the Heisman Trophy winner, I mean, any other year he probably would be. Uh, it, guy was just awesome, awesome. Yeah, when you have a wide receiver like the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, who – we had 12 receptions over 300 over 200 yards and three touchdowns. You know, I was listening to a radio show today, local radio show today. And they talked about him having that kind of a game and kind of thinking out loud. <clears throat> now, cause both Corey and I are Jets fans, New York Jets fans, and it, they're the number two pick of the draft. So rather than pick a quarterback like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, who had a, who had an okay game last night, would you take a flyer on, Picking a wide receiver like Devontae Smith to compliment a guy like Denzel Mims gives him Donald more rep- weapons to throw to. What I w- if I were the Jets, and you know how I felt from this from day one. I said even if they had Trevor, if if they had the number one pick, I would have traded it. The Jets have two first round picks, so I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be available in this draft. I mean, especially when you start to get after ten or eleven or twelve, then the quarterbacks if they they haven't come off the board yet, they're not going to. They're going to drop. So, I mean, if right. you're the Jets, I, I think you take a chance on him. I do. I think you take a chance because he's that expl- – watching him and his breakaway speed, it, that's NFL. That, that's elite NFL talent Ridiculous. right there. And, and if let, – let's just say, and I'm just hypothetically saying, let's say Mac Jones were to drop to the Jets later in the first round or a quarterback would. I mean, preferably be Mac Jones just because they have that relationship. Um, but right. if a quarterback drops to you late in in that first round, then you get that quarterback that maybe, hey, if Sam Donald doesn't work out, we have a guy groomed. We don't have to wait another three years to get another guy, quarterback. So I would take a chance on him because, you know what, it, it, the NFL is a passing league now. All the best teams have multiple receivers that can catch the ball and make plays. The Jets have been missing that explosive playmaker for years. I think that you take a chance on him. I think later in the first round, you take a quarterback. And then after that, you look to build your offensive linemen. How, how many offensive linemen are great that come out of the first round? Usually it's like second and third round picks that are usually pretty good on the offensive line. So I think you can get some there. So, Well, arguably, arguably Mekhi Becton had a, a really decent year as – in his first as a rookie, um, I think he's set to improve uh, off next year because he has, a, has that experience. But from glimpses I've seen and breakdowns, if you if you, if you watch Baldy's breakdowns, Brian Baldinger uh, from NFL Network, he praises Akai Becton to the moon and back. <laughs> I mean, he has had so many incredible plays, blocking downfield, pass. I mean, his his pass his pass blocking has some. He has something to be desired, you know, a little bit. He needs to improve on that a little bit. But I think if you pair him with another bookend tackle, he could, he could, they could be a great one-two, you know, a great combination for years to come. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, but going back to the to the national championship game, it's just, I mean, it's just kind of incredible. I don't, I don't want to laud on on Alabama so much because they've been been in the, the they've been in this position for. Most of this decade, I mean, this is that's their sixth title, their sixth national title in twelve seasons. 
that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous amount of titles in that many, that many, in that in that short of a time. Um, but there's just something about Saban's recruiting and how he just keeps reloading. Like he isn't he isn't rebuild. He reloads. He just keeps getting players who have that kind of talent who could go to the NFL and dominate wherever they go. It's it's, it's just amazing that he has that he has that power to to just. Re- be a, a really solid recruiter. I mean, would you put him up in the upper echelon of, of, of college football coaches, like like a Joe Paterno or a Bear Bryant or Eddie Robinson? I mean, is he is he up there, or is he like the, or, or is he the greatest of all time? Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. You know, I think if he wins another couple, he's the greatest of all time. I mean, the thing about Nick Saban was he's had success everywhere he's gone. Michigan State, LSU, um, Alabama. I mean, he worked his way up. And, and the problem was when he went to the NFL, he had restrictions based on the fact that he, you know, he had to have he had a payroll. He had to have this. He, you know, he didn't get the personnel that he wanted. When he went to Alabama, he got the he gets the personnel he wants. When Nick Saban comes in your living room or and says, "Hey, I want you," you're going. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I'd be scared to to say no to Nick Saban. And uh, I mean, you just see how the players picked him up after that game yesterday. Uh, you know, they love him. I mean, that's just how it is. And I mean, that's what you want to coach. You know, he's strict. He'll get on you. He's gonna chew you out. But in the end, it's for a bigger goal. And, you know, if he wins a couple more national championships, I mean, you could say he's the greatest of all time. And, um, you know, I, I never got to see, you know, really a lot of Bear Bryant. You know, I did see Paterno. Paterno was a great coach, um, obviously marred by the scandal. Um, but, I mean, you talk about coaches currently that were great coaches. You look at, like, Urban Meyer – um, who people consider one of the great coaches of this generation. But how many national championships does he have? Three? Does he have three, I think? Two or three? Three. Uh, yeah. Two with and, Florida and one with uh, Ohio State. And how many does Saban have total? Like seven? Seven. Six with Alabama and one with LSU. That, that, that That's just crazy. That's crazy. And and so, I mean, it's not they're not even the same league. And, you know, so, yeah, to answer your question, if he wins another couple national championships, yeah, he'll be the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think next year it's probably going to be another title year for sure. Hopefully, we don't see the same four teams go to the CFP next year. Uh, but you know, but I mean, Clemson's always going to be in the mix. Ohio State's going to be in the mix uh, always with uh, with Ryan Day as our head coach. Um, Notre Dame, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I keep hearing rumors of of the of Philadelphia, the, the Eagles offering Brian Kelly the head coaching job. But I think he likes being a college coach too much. I mean, some of these guys, the reason why they don't go to the NFL, like 
I mean, my dream candidate for New York Jets foot, New York Jets uh, head football coach job is Matt Campbell of of Iowa State. He's a culture changer. He changed he changed the culture at Iowa State. They were perennial losers until he became their head coach, and he and they went to their first New Year's Six bowl game this year and whooped absolutely whooped Oregon. And that's the kind of guy I want on my team. I want a guy, a guy who's like a CEO type coach. But I, but you know with with the NFL. All the, you know, as you mentioned, Corey, all the restrictions with salary cap and personnel, and he him bringing the guys he wants, especially with head, co- especially with personnel. I mean, there's, I mean, there's some coaches can go from the college to the pros and have success, and other guys like Saban who kind of flopped as the co- as the head coach of the Dolphins and went back to Alabama. You know, they don't have that, co- that success in the NFL. Although he was, he was an assistant with. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. He was, I think, it was Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. Yeah, if not mistaken. <laughs> you know, I mean, next year. I mean, this year was weird because of COVID and because of um, so, you know certain teams not being able to play games and games being postponed or held or or canceled altogether. I mean, this year was a mess. Hopefully, next year we'll we'll be back to normal ish, and we'll have fans in the stands. We'll have a full schedule of games, and. Yeah, you know, hopefully, and I think next year's gonna be a lot different. But this year was just incredibly unique, and we may never see like something like this ever again. All right, so we're gonna move on from the, the college football champion, college football playoff championship. We're gonna get into something that happened midway last week that uh, has some interest in mind for Corey, who is a New York Mets fan, lifelong fan. The Mets made some some noise, and it made some noise and. With the acquisition of uh, Francisco Lindor and I think Carlos Carrasco uh, from the Cleveland, soon to be not Indians. <laughs> uh, so Corey, uh, as a Mets fan, what's your feeling on this? What does this mean for the Mets? What does this tell? What is this? What's, what kind of message does this, does this send to the rest of the National League and also to Major League Baseball? Well, I think the big message that it sends is that the Mets are open for business. That the Mets are willing to work with teams to make trades to make their team better. I think in the past, it was difficult with the payroll restrictions they had by the Wilpons. You know, they would have never made this trade with the Wilpons because the contract of, of Lindor looming would have scared them away because they knew they wouldn't be able to pay him. Um, now you have Uncle Stevie there, and Uncle Stevie's willing to open the checkbook up. And uh, so I, I – and, and, and I was talking to somebody about this today with Lindor. Think about this. He's been, and I'm not knocking Cleveland, and 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 uh, hopefully Colin Taylor isn't listening to this. But um, <laughs> when, when, when you when you think about playing in a town like Cleveland and then getting to New York and playing in front of of, of New York fans, it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. Met fans are passionate. They're and, and it goes both ways. If you're good, they love you. If you're not, you're Bobby Bonilla. But um, the when he gets to New York and he and he goes out regardless of uh, if there's fans in the crowd or or what he you're going to be embraced by the met fans and he's going to see the energy there and it's going to make him want to stay so i think that's going to help him help being the, help the mets resign him regardless of how the season goes just the atmosphere of being in new york and playing there um the, the trade itself i mean you virtually you know gave up pretty much um you know, Amad Rosario was a, a guy who the Mets had high expectations for. It wasn't didn't 
wasn't that he wasn't performing well. I just think, didn't think he fit the Mets, what they were trying to look for. Um, Andres Jimenez was, you know, a great young player. Looks like he, you know, could, you know, be a solid major leaguer. Um, but again, didn't fit really into the Mets mold of what they wanted to do. They gave some minor league talent. And then you get in return one of the, one of the best players in baseball when he's on top of his game and an electric personality, which the Mets really need in that clubhouse. And then uh, I think the the thing that people aren't really talking about it is Carlos Carrasco, who if it wasn't for him getting leukemia, you're talking about a number two starter uh, and, and plugging him into that Mets rotation. I mean, think about this. I mean, the Mets have arguably the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob deGrom. You're going to have Marcus Stroman. You're going to get Noah Syndergaard back, and you're going to have Carlos Carrasco. If you add another big-name pitcher, and I'm not saying like a Trevor Bauer, which you could, suddenly that rotation is is crazy. That's going to be a great rotation. And I think that's what's kind of flyer. We talked about the Lindor trade. No, I, I really think it's going to come down to the Carrasco trade. I think he's a really good pitcher. So I'm very happy. I'm glad the Mets made the, the – and I don't think they're done yet. I don't think they're going to trade for anything. I think they're going to, they're going to sign somebody. I, I – I, I don't think it's going to be Springer. I think it's going to be somebody kind of a mid-range player. Could it be? Could one of those players be Chris Bryant? I don't think. I don't think so. I, I just think that would. That he's going to ask for too much money, I, and and I don't think the Mets want to spend that on him. So if you're if you're the Mets right now, if you're Sandy Alderman, and and right now Francisco Lindor, he is twenty-seven years. He's coming into the season as twenty-seven years old. What kind of a contract? Do you offer him long term? If he has a great, if he has an ML, if he's an MVP type season this year, you know, switching to over to a new league, and he has a number, he produces the kind of numbers he produced in Cleveland. What kind of what kind of money do you spend on? How many years and for how much? I wouldn't really know what the monetary value of it is. I mean, you, I think a lot of the players right now are looking for thirty million dollars a year. It really has to depend on how he does. If he goes out there and he's an MVP guy. Then I, I say open up the uh, open up the the, the uh, checkbook. But here's the thing about that we've learned from the New York Mets in the past is the Mets have a tendency to have bad contracts, as we've mentioned before. I mentioned Bobby Bonilla before, uh, making they just they they have a history of bad. No matter who the ownerships are, they have a history of making bad bad contracts. So I don't think you want to you really want him to sign him long term. But I mean, three four years would for me would be, would be good. Um, so, I mean, if he, if he comes out and he has a, you know, an, an MVP type year, or even an all-star type year, I say, open up the, the book and get him resigned. And I think, I think Met fans are going to embrace him and I think they're going to want to. And I think Steve Cohen is going to, if he made a commitment to trade for this guy, I think there's going to be a commitment to resign him. Yep. That remains to be seen. I mean, right now, the, 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 the other player on the list that, you know, it's it, from, from what I'm seeing in the on the hot stove, the MLB hot stove is DJ LeMahieu as the Yankee with the Yankees. Now I don't know if they the Mets try to sign him. Um, they seem pretty set at uh, second base with Robel Garcia. But if you have a player like a LeMahieu uh, who could possibly bring some bring some more pop at bat because he won the batting title last year, you know that, it could be possible. He's one of the, he's one of the teams that's looking to maybe sign a guy like him. But, you know, only, what, a month left till uh, spring training? Yep. Counting on the days, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the last thing on tonight's docket is that we got to talk, and we're going to move over to pop culture for a bit. 
we're going to talk some Cobra Kai season three. Uh, I watched uh, I watched the season last week in anticipation of talking to Corey about it. But unfortunately, uh, we had to delay for another week. But Corey, there's some pretty I, I enjoyed the season. How about you? Yeah, it was great. It was really fun. And obviously a lot of I mean, the one thing that I, I mentioned back in the, in the one of the first shows was that I really enjoyed the callbacks to the original movies, the original canon movies. Uh, Karate Kid one and two and three, and this year they this season they did a, a callback to Karate Kid two. When you know, spoil just spoils spoilers included. If you haven't watched it, fast forward to the end uh, end credits. But uh, I mean, you had Daniel LaRusso with the automotive group. They're going to lose business with a certain uh, with a with a certain uh, car company because they had an exclusive contract in the area for uh, for for the valley. He has to fly to Okinawa. He used to fly to Japan, then he goes to Okinawa, and he runs into Kumiko, and he runs into Chozen. Yeah, it was it was really interesting the dynamic that they had there. Uh, I, you know, you can almost say it was kind of cheesy. You know what I'm saying? Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner how it kind of happened but you know i mean it was really cool i mean how you know over time can heal wounds and i mean there was a pretty deep wound there with chosen um and i i I thought the funniest the funniest part about that whole thing there was you know he's driving and you're kind of wondering why he's driving in okinawa and he's looking to get ready to get to tomi village and they're not showing like the scenes or, or the places that he went to in Karate Kid 2. They're just showing like a random scenery. Right. And then he pulls up and it's Tommy Village Green and it's a shopping center. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, you're like and you're like and you're like, okay. And then Komiko explains Asado, you know, or or was Asado no, it was the girl working at like Asado. Yeah, but the girl who explained it to him, I think she was like working like TCBY or something. Uh, uh, the subway or something. Yeah. 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 She's like <laughs> she yeah, she said that yeah, Asado thought there was more uh uh, value in, in in retail and 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 that's hey that's how we're how the whole whole world has been and that's just how the world's right. developed so it's kind of funny right. um but yeah the 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 whole thing with chosen and 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 you know and and this is and this is how i was a little concerned how they were going to develop you know you look at two love interests from daniel you know you have obviously comico and then you have ali Mm-hmm. And how were how was the dynamic going to be there? Was this going to be like a bitter type of, you know, like how do they? You never, you never. First of all, you never find out how they break, how they split, and then, you know, and it kind of explains it. And there's kind of this happy medium, like, hey, I loved you, but at the same time, we had to go our own separate ways. But it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a bad breakup. It wasn't. It was. It was good. We're still friends. I thought that was a tone that was set, and I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, coming back to to Okinawa, where he had chosen and his wound, and and you know, initially when when he meets up, when Kumiko invites him to have a drink, 
he finally doesn't drink. <laughs> uh, and they spend time alone. And he says, I know about, I know more about Miyagi uh, karate than you do. He's like, well, but, but it's only, and it's, uh, that's, those things are only passed on to family members. They're not passed on to any, just, just anyone. And you hear, you, you hear Daniel Russo says, yeah, he treated the Mr. Miyagi. He treated me like a son. And then he goes through this whole sequence of training and you find out what the, uh, how, how, how it wasn't so much. You, you, you find out more about the Miyagi, Miyagi form of karate that there's some moves that you, uh, will literally paralyze you. And <laughs> Chosen paralyzes Daniel's limbs, goes in for the kill, honks his nose. And the callback to Karate Kid Kid 2, oh my gosh, was just, was, was just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. And <laughs> Chosen just looking at him and says, you should have seen the look on your face. You thought you were going to die. And then they just start this beautiful friendship at the end. They start this beautiful friendship at the end. And you learn about Chosen and Chosen and uh, how he wanted to make his life better after that fight. Like he thought he was going to, he thought he would die of depression. Turns out he turned his life around after that. He felt great shame and he worked to mend the relationship with his uncle. He worked to, uh, to be a better person after that. And it kind of ties in with, with, uh, with Johnny. You exactly. Know, trying to be, yeah. It's it, it, the whole thing ties in with the character development and the story arc and, you know, coming to the, coming to the conclusion at the end where at the end of the season where, you see Johnny and Danny form a, form an alliance to finally defeat Cobra Kai. Well, my my one thing I will say is that what I was very, very happy with was – and you know how I feel about Elizabeth Shue. I love Elizabeth Shue, just not in Back to the Future 2. She still uh, got it. Arthur. She still yeah, got it. She does. <laughs> and, and still does. She obviously does. I mean the, the one thing I liked was there was this huge – like like fan theory that she was going to be the doctor who's going to like get Miguel to walk again. There's that one scene where they're saying, Oh, the doctor just flew in and there's a blonde standing there and you think it's Mm. going to be her. That's what they're hinting at. And it's not. So you're like, well, where is she? And then that scene when her mother walks in is like, Oh, I got the kids, the last two iPads. And there she is sitting on the couch and she reaches out to Johnny and what I find – and this is what I find very interesting about it was ultimately what tore – what was the friction and in, in what was the division between Johnny and uh, Daniel in the original Karate Kid was Allie, yeah. the, the, the fighting. And ultimately what brought them together at the end of season two, uh, three of Cobra Kai was Allie. Was Allie. Yeah. And, and that that's what was interesting. It's all almost come full circle. And that's what I thought was really cool. And again, how they built her character into it and how they it wasn't like this jealousy. It wasn't how this, you know, it was like this almost humorous way of saying, hey, you know what? We were high school sweethearts, you know, all, you know, Johnny and her, her and, and Daniel. And it didn't work out. I'm glad everybody's doing great, but you know, Hey, you guys are more alike than you think. And yeah, it was definitely cool how that all went down. Um, and I was excited to see, it's always great to, to kind of go back down those, the roads from the eighties and see some of these characters. And I will say one thing, the, I watched one of my favorite eighties movies the other day. It was $5 at Walmart. 
All right. And he played a guy who was mimicking Howard Cosell. Better off dead. There you go. I well, love that movie. It was $5 at Walmart and I bought ah, it the other day. Yes. Yeah. So you might want to go pick it up, but yeah, I was, I was watching Maya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. He was, you know, I mean, those are two great eighties movies right there. Like, so he was, he was in like two of the great Maya. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Just do you now? I have a I have a hypothesis that this next season, season four, is going to be the last season. Do you think that might be true, or is this going to, or is this going to kind of continue? I think it will be the last season. I don't think you can go much longer. I think you've already played it out. I mean, obviously they've set it up for uh, Terry Terry Silver to make his his comeback. In um, I'm sure they're going to expand a little bit on the uh, uh, Miyagi. Um, they're going to talk a little more about his backstory, I'm sure, because they did over they went over creases, and they did Johnny's in the first season, and so I, I think it's going to be. I don't think that you know if shows you know you don't have to have. It's always it's more about quality than quantity. I think we knew that from Game of Thrones, hmm. where it's kind of dragged out, um, yeah. and a couple other series were just dragged out, and I, I think yeah. So I think this is going to be. I ultimately that's what I believe it'll be the last season. Do you think they bring back Julie from the next Karate Kid? Do we see a Hillary Swank cameo? God, I hope not. <laughs> I was waiting for it too. Oh, oh, you know, it's also funny. You know, coming back to Karate Kid, uh, uh, to Cobra Kai, um, in the final battle, in the final fight scene at the at the at the Larusso's, where you kind of see Hawk's redemption too, because he was a PITA for the first couple seasons. And all of a sudden, you just see him turn, turn back. Yeah, it, it kind of, it's kind of like the like in a way, it's kind of like Johnny's redemption. Yeah, because this whole th- this whole series is based on the fact that it's 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 a, it's the story of Johnny Lawrence's redemption. Yeah, yep. I think we're gonna. I think this is a this is a uh, proper way to 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 end things here is uh, with with the Culper Kai season three. Uh, we're still waiting on the answer from Ralph Macchio. Hashtag no dojo required. So definitely want to kick that, kick, kick that campaign going again. Uh, we've fun to talk to him about jets football and hockey. Cause he's a big New York sports fan. So that'd be kind of fun. Hopefully if we, if we get, if we get enough of an audience to do that, we'll, uh, we'll try to get him on, but what I think this is a proper way to end the program. Uh, we're going to sign, th- sign off from here. Uh, again, this is uh, no credentials required. You can look, can find us on both Twitter and Facebook. Our Twitter account is at BellyUpNCR. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. Uh, check it out. You know, subscribe, like, share, all that stuff on, uh, on, the, on the podcast platforms. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. We've gotten one five-star rating so far. Um, but you know, hopefully we'll get some more ratings and it'll, imp- it'll impact our, 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 our footprint in, in, in the, uh, in the realms of the podcast world. But for other podcasts, uh, like, uh, the cruise, the, the cruise control, which is, uh, hosted by our, our friend Cruz Oxenreiter. He's a big Alabama sports fan. He's a big Alabama, uh, Crimson Tide fan. He's also a former alumni and he's a huge football fan. So, Want to check out the Cruise Control podcast, which is again one of our many, many podcasts on our in the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. 
it's gonna be a big year for belly up sports i i feel because we're increasing our we're increasing our coverage with beat writers we're getting more podcast we're adding more podcasts we're gonna get more sponsors and we want you to come along for the ride so check out bellyupsports.com for for writing for more podcasts uh for our live shows we're gonna have a live show direct hopefully we'll have a live show directory soon and on that note i'm gonna give the last word to Corey. so Corey, any last words no dojo required no dojo required there it is all right folks well thanks for joining us on this week's edition of no credentials required we'll be back next week with another episode and until next time we'll save you a seat in the media booth Intro and outro music is On The Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.